do what? Like right now, we're a go for lunch. I mean, it's recording. It's recording right so, now. Yeah. So. So, but that's that's okay. I mean, we haven't officially started. But. Well, I mean, we did officially start. I mean, this is the official start, right? Apparently, I mean, if you hit record, it is it is officially. Started. I mean, when you hit record. I did hit record. Well, then there you go. Got a beard in it's looking something fierce Having beers with my peers And talking rap careers Reflecting on the years Connecting on the tears Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears I'm bringing you fresh music I'm bringing fresh ideas I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain With people who learned how to face it and be sane Sipping on a brew Doing interviews No topics off the table but we focus on breakthroughs So kick up your feet we're gonna put it in check You're listening to brews, beards and shipwrecks one, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bounce, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards, tasty interviews for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bounce, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards, tasty interviews for your ears to hear. Well, welcome to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm Come your, on. I'm your host, Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus, also known as Jamie Bennett. And I am here with my cousin once again. Let's go with Chun Jay. What's going on, Doug? Chill, chill. Man, I had to have you on again because your last episode uh, got a lot of great feedback. People enjoyed hearing from you, and I felt like when we got to the end of that, that there was so much more to talk about. Heck yeah, man. Gosh, <laughs> I didn't even show you your mom's... Uh... Man, your mom made me a Peanuts... It's like a piece of wood where oh, she put right. cartoons on it and stuff yeah. and lacquered it. And I've had it since I was, I think, maybe seven. Yeah. And it hangs in my kitchen. So after this, I'll go show you. But yeah, then my mom it. came over last night for Christmas. Oh, and, cool. Uh, uh, we we are, we're, we're now or are we then? Oh, it's it's now. Today, Is we, it now? Okay, it's good. Now. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, for, for the listeners, we are recording on December 26th. The day after. The day after Christmas. So So mom came over and gave me this huge bag. It was like three feet tall. Yeah. And I just started digging in it. And it was all this Peanuts Snoopy stuff from like the 60s. It was cool. My mom was an antique collector. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. That makes sense. I grew up with Snoopy and Popeye and Star Wars and, you know, so... That's cool. It was cool, man. But I, and then I, I referenced what your mom had made me and how yeah. it's like so uh, dear to me that I've had it like in every house I've lived in as an adult. I've had it as a kid, so it's always it's always on my awesome. wall somewhere wherever I resided. So she she must have been like, well, I don't know. The peanuts are like really cute, and I mean, even Facebook has them on the little stickers and yeah. things, but. In my bedroom when I was a kid, she had actually painted a Peanuts thing on the wall, too. Oh, dude, I so, remember that. That's crazy. Yeah. So Absolutely. What, so when you said that she had made you like a yes. little Peanuts plaque or whatever, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Your mom was so talented. Yeah. She, she's such an artist. And she was here for the last interview we said. She down was. On. She was. She was really quiet in the background, but uh, I had to reference her in our last, <laughs> our last podcast. Yeah. She she pipes up a few times, you know. Hey, so I got some swag. I got some Royal Ruckus swag. Yeah, you did. I got the glasses with the bottle openers. Pretty fun. Buttons, stickers. I'm going to plaster stickers all over town. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and, they, and uh, there's there's plenty more. So actually, for the listeners, since you brought it up. Yes. Uh, I am mailing out stickers to anybody who wants any for free. Nice. And uh, thankfully, I've had a really good response. And I've probably got a, a dozen packages going out this week. 
with anywhere between 25 and 100 stickers, depending on the person. And uh, I'm running through my head of, of how to uh, classify those stickers. <laughs> and since I'm almost 50, uh, I was thinking sick and dope. But, I mean, those were around the 90s. Fresh. <laughs> I mean, I don't... I use all those terms. <laughs> uh, they're pretty clean. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go clean, that. too. No, good quality sticker. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, and it's it's basically it's the album cover for the new record that's coming out in January. Nice. And, when's, uh, the, when's the release date on that? January 21st. Nice. So, Royal Ruckus is turning 21. Uh-huh. We can drink now. And, uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> so, so we, we decided, you know, they, they release records on Fridays now. That's what the music industry does. Yeah. Uh, we're going to buck that system. We're going to release on Monday because we figure 21 on January 21st should be That's killer. a release date. And, and this record uh, is very much a throwback because I was thinking in terms of uh, Bakersfield, where we came from. Yes. Uh, believe it or not, actually, uh, you haven't heard the song yet, but there, there's a song on there where I talk about our family history. I talk about... Uh, the the uh, the Thompson side of the family. Nice. Um, going back to England. I mean, there's a lot I leave out in the lyrics. I can't tell the whole family story. Yeah. But I talk about like the whole Mormon thing and. Wow. Uh, anyway, you'll just have to check it out. But it's all mixed in with my own personal history of of rapping and doing graffiti and. So we're going on a mission on the twenty first. Apparently. <laughs> so now, uh, now are you going to be back east or are you going to be here? Yeah. When. Time? I'll I'll be back in Florida when it launches. Dang it! Yeah, I'm hoping we're doing a punk rock concert here. Benefit of fundraiser. Really? Yeah. When, in January, when are you doing it? The 26th, the Saturday, January 26th. That's cool. Where's that going to be? Uh, it's at a venue, um, uh, Bruce Reeds uh, okay. on S Street. Uh, I've never been to the venue, uh, but uh, uh, it's a Mill Creek uh, Church uh, across yeah. from the Bill Library here in Bakersfield on Truxton Avenue. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. get some punk rock uh, bands playing, and it's right National Human Trafficking Awareness Month, January. Okay. And so we always try to blow something out, and these guys came to me, these punk rock kids uh, that I grew up with, and said, hey, we want to throw a benefit show for yeah. Magdalen Hope. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. So we had our first meeting last week and uh, really liked the guys out of L.A. So, okay. Yeah. So we're looking to add another band. <laughs> and what the heck? I mean, if we get Royal Ruckus in the door, but you're going to be back in Florida. I'll be gone. The brains are spinning right now. You know, that that sort of thing is actually really fun because we've, we've played... Uh, Hardcore. Throw a rap band into a hardcore show. I'm telling you, it works. Yeah. It really does. I mean, at least it has for us. Like, yeah. I, I remember one of our best shows when we were in California. When we were still living in California. We were playing all over California and Nevada and stuff. Um, we played up in, like, uh, near Modesto somewhere. And it was a yeah. hardcore show. We were the only rap group. We completely thought that we were going to get eaten alive. Right. It was the exact opposite. They loved it. They bought the merch. People wanted to come and hang out with us after the show. It was like, and I, I think there's something to our style is different, right? Like, right. you know, we we actually would probably do better at a hardcore or, or punk show than we would a straight rap show. Yeah. Right? So, but and we got the Beastie Boys book right here. We do. You could probably Boys. you could probably say the same thing about their history too, right? Like, now I saw them back in the '90s. Yeah, uh, they opened up for. Or no, House of Pain opened up for Beastie Boys. Wow. Great show down in Irvine. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah, at the Irvine Amphitheater. That was great, man. That's a show of a lifetime. My goodness. My gosh, that was great. That will never happen again. No, it know? won't. It'll never happen again. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, great show, man. Great energy. And that was when House of Pain had that song Jump. That yeah. was like, just hit the chart. It was number one. and It was a great show. Great time. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, you're you're going to be glad to hear this, I think. Um, so our new album actually has a cover of Jump Around. Does it really? I've always wanted to do it. And hyping the new hyping the I'm new you, uh, album coming out on the yeah. podcast. That's what we gotta do, you know. We sometimes got stickers, <laughs> the album cover, hey, we got a little tease going on with the family. Yeah, and and, and, and I, jump around. Yeah, it's 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 kind of incredible. The the producer like I so actually let me back up. So I've been making a list for years. Like fifteen or more years. I've been making a list of songs yes. that I think would be fun to do a cover yes. of with my style. And Jump Around was definitely toward the top of the list. Uh, and when we were working on this project, I was working with a different producer and uh, I just at, we were actually almost done planning the project when I came back to him with one more and said, what do you think about adding Jump Around as a cover? And uh, I should also say the producer is DJ Sean P. He's at Fort Worth. Nice. Just an incredible beat maker, an incredible DJ. Like, like it's a, uh, you know, it's a diminishing talent to yeah, yeah. do cutting and scratching and classic sample-based producing, but he has not lost a touch. And uh, I went to him, but I, I gave him a, a little, uh, threw him for a loop. Because I said, I want to do a jump around cover, but no samples. The music has got to be all coming out of your keyboards, wow. at whatever. Nice. And uh, he delivered. And, uh, nice. It's, it's oh, really well done. And, and we cleaned it up a little bit, too, because I'm not smacking women or some right. of, some Good of the things you. that made it in there. We, we tweaked the lyrics Good slightly. So. Now, would, uh, would anything off of... Uh... Anything from the far side being your top oh my gosh. twenty for cover? You know, no songs from far side have ever made the list of songs I'm I would cover. Yes, but I have absolutely written songs to their instrumentals because I think they're just incredible. Like, you know, it's crazy. I was watching TV last night. I was watching some of the basketball on TV for Christmas Day. Of yeah, course. and it is December twenty sixth for you kids listening out there. <laughs> uh, there was a a vodka commercial, I think okay. Ciroc or something like that. Yeah, and it was uh, passing me by. Uh, oh my gosh! The it's instrumental in the background. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Far Side right there. <laughs> I was all nice. I might I just have to buy a bottle of that just out of respect for uh, yeah samples of Far Side in the background. That that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what are, what have you been up to lately? I mean. I think we talked last uh, in the spring. I think, or gosh. maybe it was last Christmas. I don't know, but. Well, I, you know, I grew a killer beard. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was like I had an animal living on my face. All the cats <laughs> were just all up in it. I got this one cat. She just gets in my beard. Uh, but I, I cut it off uh, the, uh, last Saturday. Uh, okay. Down to a goatee. And, yeah. Uh, um, I'm actually getting it more trimmed up. But uh, having a beard on your face. Uh, so I graduated college yeah. in, in June on uh, the 30th. I got my doctorate. Congratulations. Yeah. That's right. You mentioned you were I'm working on that. a doctor now, which is nuts. That's I never crazy. graduated high school. <laughs> I didn't have time to go to class back then. but uh, Yeah. Uh, and so I started growing my beard on the day I graduated. And I had it all the way up. Uh, I play Santa Claus every year. Nice. Uh, to underprivileged children. Yeah. In, uh, in red light districts. So, okay. Um, 
here in Bakersfield, Union Avenue is our red light district. And so it's a way we can give back to the kids yeah. of the women who we minister to, uh, sure. the victims of human trafficking and the women who prostitute themselves. So it's a way we can give back to the children. So we, we actually, uh, over the course of like two weeks, put out blue buckets into the wow. city, uh, okay. different businesses and asked people to give toys. And... Uh, we we got three thousand toys together, over three thousand nice. toys that we gave out on Union Avenue last Saturday. So today's what two Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. So and then I also played uh, Santa in uh, Tijuana, uh, uh, in the Red Light District. Uh, we have a house of worship wow. there, and okay. uh, we had about I think I think we gave maybe a hundred toys out there, but we gave out another seven hundred in four different churches wow. down in uh, yeah. in Mexico, in Tijuana in the slums. So just driving through dirt fields and going to these little neighborhoods, these little barrios. Um, got yeah. to give out toys to these how, kids, how, man. They uh, have nothing. I'm, I'm assuming uh, your your process is a little different for Tijuana versus, like, Union. But still, I mean, how are you finding the kids? Are you simply just showing up and walking nope. around? Are you knocking on doors? Yeah, so or do I, you I work with there? a pastor down okay. there. Uh, he's, like an, he's like an apostolic... Uh, Leader in Tijuana, he works with about 150 churches in Baja, okay. uh, California. Yeah, uh, and uh, he sets up the churches, and then what we do is we collect the toys in our blue buckets. Yeah. It's called Toys for Tijuana. I take the toys down periodically to a storage unit on the border and okay. put the toys into the storage unit. Yeah, and then pastors come across the border, get the toys, and bring them down into Mexico, and then they take them to their actual churches. And then when wow. I get down there at Santa Claus, then we we have a night where all the the parents and the kids show up from the yeah. neighborhood, and they come out and we give them toys. So, yeah, really cool event. It's really neat. Um, we were down there with the caravan, so you had all the people in the caravan, and we had some toys allotted for the caravan kids. Yeah, you know whether you agree with the caravan or not, and the way the people are going about it. Yeah, you know, I, I think that look, we're all uh, we're all refugees. Sure. At one time, we're all immigrants. At one time, coming into this country. And uh, yeah. I think I think you know the more the merrier. Um, yeah. But I think rushing our border is wrong. You know that's what sure. I'm at on it. I think the you know due process and doing it the right way. Yeah. As we've all had to do, I think you know with our ancestors, I think is the right way to do it. But yeah. you know, as I told a lady, I asked her, I said, "These toys are you given? Can I give these to the caravan kids?" And she kind of hesitated for a second. I said, "Look, whether you agree with the caravan or not, and how they're doing it, you know." Yeah, those children didn't choose to be in sure. that situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're going through some horrific stuff. So we went down there with some toys, but man, we were running out of toys because oh, uh, my buddy who played Santa in Tijuana, I didn't get to play Santa. Oh. I grew out the beard, <laughs> and then I asked my buddy if he wanted to go, and he was born in a brothel. He was born in a okay. clinic above a brothel in Tijuana. Oh wow! And he said, "Man, I'd love to play Santa." So he came down. He wore the Santa suit. And that I sense. just administrated yeah. everything. But, you know, he, he speaks Spanish. He's bilingual. Sure. Those yeah. are his people. So it worked out really well. That's and awesome. The last church we were at, the pastor invited me back to his men's home. said, I have a men's home. I'd love for you to come speak there sometime. And I said, I used to run a men's home here in, in Bakersfield. And I have a women's shelter right now, Restoration Ranch. I said, I'd love to come see it sometime. But, you know, I don't think it's going to work tonight. He goes, just come by and have a look at it. So we ended up going by and... uh it's probably about 30 feet high, unfinished yeah. concrete. Wow. And uh, he introduces me to some of the guys who are living there now. The homes 
the halfway homes in Mexico are different than they are here. They're locked down facilities. Okay. So once the guys get out of prison, they go into a halfway house that has bars and locks on the doors, and you can't leave. They sure. lock the guys in. So I go in knowing that I'm in a lockdown facility. Wow. He, should, he introduced me to a few people. It's tile floors, and we go upstairs, and I walk up. First thing I notice is like 20-foot ceilings, all in finished concrete. It's dark. It's at night, and there's one light fixture nailed to a wall, those eight-foot-long fluorescent bulbs. It's a dual bulb. It's two-bulb light okay. fixture nailed to yeah. a wall, lighting up this area that's a huge area. And I walk up and I see that, and then there's 60 guys sitting in chairs, all facing okay. one direction. And I was like, "Whoa, man! There's a lot of guys here. There's 60, yeah. 60 guys sitting in this sure. uh, upstairs, huge rooms, just all open." And uh, Pastor says hi to everyone. He said, "Why don't you meet my friend, Pastor Doug?" Pastor Doug, do you have a word to share? And I was like, "Oh, that sucker tricked me. You know? I was just supposed <laughs> to look at the place, man. I'm not, yeah. I'm not ready to preach." Right. Prayed and asked God what to what to what to teach on, and and I just heard, you know, in my heart or in my mind, whatever, uh, Ephesians chapter two verse eight, and Ephesians chapter two verse eight says that we are saved by grace. It's yeah. a gift from God, yeah. so that no one can boast about it. If I if I get baptized in water, I can boast and say, hey, I'm going to heaven because I got baptized in water. So I'm boasting about something I did. But if it's a free gift from God, you can't earn your way into heaven, is what the True. Bible says. Yeah. Like, either you receive Jesus or you don't, is what the Bible says, the New Testament. So I told him, look, the only way you're getting into heaven is through Jesus Christ and what he did for you on that cross. There's no good you can do to get you in. There's no bad you can do to keep you out. That's what I believe. Yeah. Tell the guys this. I broke down a, a story of myself eating out of trash cans and, and being strung out of meth and cocaine for 20 years of my life. And, and then I said I surrendered my heart to Jesus almost 15 years ago and now I'm a doctor I'm a president of a corporation I got a wife and kids and a house and, and the same Jesus that did that for me could do it for you you just got to give him your life and I gave an altar call and said if you want what I got stand your feet and all 60 men stood up and I was wow. blown away yeah usually when I give a an invitation like that, maybe ten percent, you know, will answer it. Yeah, never had everyone in the room stand up. <laughs> right? I don't think I've like, ever seen that. <laughs> I never saw it. I was like, oh my god! I looked at my translator, and he was like, uh, I was thinking, man, I need to lead him in a prayer. So I lead him in prayer, and yeah. I get done, and and uh, my buddy who played Santa, he's yeah. not in the Santa outfit, but he brings a couple guys up and pray for them. You know, they're they want a prayer for their sister who was out on the street. And, one guy's crying, he's got snot hanging out of his nose. I had to move my feet to make sure it didn't land on me, you know, like that yeah, long yeah. 12 inch piece of snot coming down. Because the guy's crying, you know, over his sister. Yeah. And they were like a couple 20 year old kids. And I get done praying for them, and he brings me another guy. And this guy had gotten shot in his shoulder. He had shrapnel on his shoulder. He got Jeez. shot three days before. He had his arm all wrapped up in, in this cloth. And uh, I said, What's wrong with you? And through an interpreter, he said, I got shot three days ago. I'm in extreme pain, and the only thing I can do is move my pinky. And I Jeez. said, okay. I said, come over here and sit in this chair. And I told the guys, I said, look, we're going to pray for his healing right now and that all the pain leaves his body. And if you feel led, get up out of your seat and put your hand on this yeah. man. So about 20 guys come forward. We're in a circle. We're laying hands on this guy, and I pray for this guy. I get done praying. I prayed, God, take away all of his pain yeah. and, uh, and heal him in the name of Jesus. I get done praying, and uh, I look at him through an interpreter, and I said, what was your pain at before I started to pray? What's your pain at now on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being yeah. the worst? Yeah. He said, I was at an 8, but now I'm at a 3. 
Wow. And I said, okay, I said, I'm going to pray one more time. And I told the guys, listen, Jesus prayed for a guy in the Bible who was blind. And when he got done praying, he could see shapes and, and figures. He could see movement. So Jesus prayed for him again. And the guy got completely healed. I said, we're going to pray one more time. And now I'm just, I'm jumping out in faith. I just led 60 guys to the Lord. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I can take down <laughs> Goliath right now. The whole army of Goliath will take him out. So I pray real boldly. Yeah. And said, God, heal this man. Take away all of his pain. I get done praying. And I look at him, and the guy's just weeping. Tears are running down his face. Wow. And I said, why are you crying? And he goes, because I don't have any pain. Wow. And I said, do something you couldn't do before. And he just moves his whole hand. He goes, look. And I said, show the guys. And he holds his hand in the air and moves his hand around. And the whole place erupts in cheers. And wow. I said, if you want to get healed, come up here so we can pray for you. And guys started coming forward. We started laying hands on people. Pain started to leave in their body. Guys started getting healed. It was it was incredible. Wow. I got done. Uh, and I said, listen, when I come back here, I'm going to stay the night here with you guys. I'm yeah. going to go in there in the lockdown facility and stay yeah. the night with them. Yeah. And we'll see what God does then. Wow. Because, you know, right, it's about getting out of our comfort zone. Sure. Uh, and uh, activating our faith. And being yeah. bold. Yeah. And that's when God shows up and shows off. At least that's what he's done in my life. Yeah. yeah. So it was an incredible trip to, to man. Mexico, man. It was man. life-changing, you know? Yeah. I got wrecked, man. I, I tell that story. Because that happened two and a half weeks ago. I tell that story, wow. man. I just break down crying because yeah. of God's goodness, yeah. man. I couldn't believe it. So. Man, thank God. That's Good amazing. stuff, man. That's a great story. And we got a new house. Yeah. So you're asking what happened since <laughs> I saw you. That's, so, that's what's happening, huh? So we had a house for, for, for our women, a shelter. Okay. It's a four-bedroom, two-bath, a half-acre property yeah. up, up in the Tatchby Mountains, about an right. hour out of town. But going back and forth for the women and my staff sure. was arduous, to say the Sure. You know, it was hard on them. Yeah. You know, five, six times a week. So I opted out of the agreement. We had okay. been there for five years. They never charged us rent. Okay. Been there five years. I opted out, and we prayed and said, "God, we need a new house, but one in town, and one big enough to where we can run our facility." Yeah. Jesus' name, Amen. We put out a press release three days later. A friend of the ministry, a friend of mine, called me yeah. and said, "Hey, I've gotten engaged. I'm marrying a doctor. We put a we put a bid in on a house. It's in escrow right now. I was going to rent my house out, but I just saw the press release, and I really feel strongly like you're supposed to have my house." Mm. And if you want it, she said, I just painted the downstairs. I was going to rent it out. But if you want it, you can have it, and I'll pay the mortgage on it. Just write me a receipt. Wow. And, I, and I'd been to her house before, and I knew it was a beautiful two-story house. Oh, my god! I said, are you kidding me? I started to cry. I'm a I bet. Sissy. Jeez. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a crybaby. Man, you're making me want to cry. Shoot. Dude. <laughs> She goes, oh. listen, we did some work on our house, so it's a little bigger than what it was before. I go, how big is your house now? And she said, six bedroom, three and a half bath house. Wow. And it's yours. I'll give you the keys. Wow. So I got keys, and we're moving into our new house next wow. month for National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. I'm going to open it at the end of the month. That's incredible. And start rescuing more women like That's we've incredible. been doing for the last 10 years. So, Man. Good stuff, man. Thank God. Just uh, one or two things going on since I yeah, saw you. No, that's some amazing stuff. Um, I, I want to take a, a brief break. I want to actually play that song I was talking about. Yes. So I'm going to put that song. I'm not going to play the whole album this just time like tease. I did last time. Just yeah, the tease. Yeah. Nice. Just the tease. So let's play the song uh, Back in Effect from the new album, Royalty Check or Royal Check it out. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. Back, back, back in effect. Bring it back. Check it out. 
golden era of rap Northeast Bakersfield Junior High School Yard Scraps Tupac and Biggie Tribe had me picky Playing with five group church camp hickeys Them clever MC at the lake called Hume Split image once a crew we like the cars to go boom Graffiti writing my name was wrong Fade one forever Mean Streak was my charm Oh yeah man those were the days Acting a fool with the cry lime sprays Turn my heart to rhymes Found my way back to God Lighting candles at shrines Divine inspiration So what you wanna do? Went solo with this mess But I still had a crew I'm older and I'm wiser But I'm still catching wreck John Jay's in the house And he's back in the back Check it out I'm going, going Back, back to Cali, Cali Back, back, back in the Bring you back In the loins of my people, Oregon Trail was a game, but for us it was legal. People died on the trail, religious fervor prevailed. Warming stuff got way to grandpappy set sail, but we had to keep on. September dawn. This was a mess, but it was just a john. My dad died, mama's vision was clear We forged a new path and the cost is fast But love was on the wiser, so we mended all that By the time I'm in high school, I'm spitting all the rhymes While my hustling the tapes, I put in the time Ruckus was a joke, we three kids were woke J-Dog flatlined the Yoda, we spoke to provoke I'm older and I'm wiser, but I'm still catching wreck Royal Ruckus in the house, and we back in the fast Check it out Now your dad Bill yeah, he was. Now, do they still have a scholarship at Bakersfield College? I believe they the do. The women's basketball? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in case I put this on the show, uh, you know, my dad was the women's basketball coach uh, yes. at the uh, junior college, and there was a scholarship after he passed that they set up for him. And I think I've got <coughs> ambiguity in this conversation by referring to my stepdad and my dad. Yes, I am. It's the same. Yeah. But you know this. Uh, but, but, yeah, I believe they have the scholarship still, but they have opened it up. Uh, to women in any sports, I believe it oh, used cool. to used to be just if they were a basketball player. Right. But now I believe it's open to anybody. Yeah, I need to look into that because uh, my family talks about it often uh, that yeah. there was a scholarship set up in Bill's name. Yeah, now, it's been many years, but uh, I've gone down with my mom a couple times to be there for the awarding of the scholarship, oh, shake the girl's cool. hand, get pictures yeah, with her, yeah. and stuff. Uh, I wish it was something that you know we had made more of an annual priority, but sure. um, but it is something that we've been a part of a few times. Nice. It's pretty cool, nice. kind of amazing. Well, um, I want to I want to roll into some of the the meat of what I wanted to sit down with you about, and I want to get kind of practical on this episode. And uh, you know we're we're coming through. We you know we just passed the Christmas holiday, but there's still New Year's and. Of course, uh, it's just a season, you know. Right. It's a, yeah, exactly. And and for a lot of people, um, especially those of us who have been in the midst of you know deep depression and that kind of thing, yeah. the holidays can make it worse. Yeah. And sometimes when the holiday is over, and all the and all the fun and games are gone, that sort of depression and emptiness kind of sits. And so. Uh, so what I wanted to do is kind of just go through a list of some things that I thought have been helpful for me, and I wanted to get a little bit of your commentary on it and see if yeah. we can just kind of 
go through some practical tips and get a little insight here and there. So. Yeah, I think that sounds great. Let's do that. All right, so the first one, I, I think this is... Uh, this one just seemed natural for me to start with. And the first one is drink. Or right. don't drink. Right. So the problem with drinking, if there is one. Yeah. Not with the beer. <laughs> not with the brew. Uh, and, you know, you drink and, and it's, a, it's a coping mechanism where you can numb yourself. But Yeah. Yeah, when you sober up or, you know, it's still there, you know. The yeah, problems are yeah. still there. Right. You know, whatever you were trying to drink to forget is still there, but it's probably magnetizing even worse, especially if you have a hangover. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, the problem, you know, the question is, you know, why are you drinking? And if you're drinking just to kind of numb yourself, I mean, it, it can be a, a temporary fix. And we all... I don't want to say that my ways are better than anyone else's. You know, sure. We all have our ways that we go. Yeah, yeah. I was with a, uh, one of our girls that we rescued that we've been working with for years, and, and she was pregnant and smoking a cigarette. And uh, one of the um, local business owners in town you know, told me, hey, why is she smoking when she's pregnant? Right. And I said, you know what? I said, she's a survivor of human trafficking, and whatever way that she chooses to cope is between... Uh, is, is, is for her to deal with, and we're not sure. to judge. And sure. I was so angry at that lady. In fact, I'll never shop there again. Hmm. I was so upset, you know, just the way they treated her. Just thought it was wrong. Yeah. You know, but we all we all we all cope and we all deal with things, you know, in different ways. And, yeah. and I don't think that um, I don't think that we should be the ones to say, you know, this way's right or this way's sure. wrong. Um, if drinking works for you, then I'd say drink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think for me, um, it's been interesting because I I really love a good beer. Sure. Um, I also can stomach a lot of hard liquor. Yes. I like a good scotch. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think taking shots with friends is fun. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I know f- for me, I've used and abused alcohol when in sadness. And sometimes it's been good and sometimes it's been bad. Yeah. And um, I know for me this year, it felt necessary for me through the holidays to not drink because I think for me um, I, I started noticing a pattern when I would drink especially if I was drinking heavily that the after effects um, were deeper than just you know being a little foggy or having a headache I was dealing with some I think real chemical imbalances that were resulting that might not even be the right term but I felt like something was going on in my chemistry that drinking was causing anxiety after the fact. You know, the very thing I was trying to get away from was being made worse a day or two later. Yes. Um, so for me, I've, I've, it was a little weird. This is the first Christmas as an adult that I didn't have anything at all to drink. And that was the right choice for me. Uh, but Look at you maturing. <laughs> Stop it. I don't, I don't know if I have, but I'm trying. But, but you know, on the other hand, like... Um, you know, I don't think, like, if I had a glass of wine, it would have ruined Christmas. Right. For me. But I know, I know people that would have. And I do know that if I'd done that glass of wine in five shots, <laughs> you know, and which is something I would do. Five shots, because six would be too many and four wouldn't be enough. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> so you, know, so you gotta, you got to know, you got to understand yourself, right? And... and I, I think of a phrase I heard, I think it was my 
a friend of mine said, uh, some people drink to forget, I drink to remember. And what he meant by that was, we drink to, you know, uh, you, you, it's always healthiest to drink to celebrate, right? And so if you're with people in a good context, a safe context, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of Christians who get religious over drinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've been around uh, thousands of them. Sure. And, uh, and you know, for a lot of people, um, you know, people didn't, uh, let's see, uh, 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 people didn't uh, use alcohol, alcohol used them. Yeah, uh, yeah, to yeah. Where, you That's know, a good point. But I mean, but you know, it's the it's the it's the Christians and, and the religious mindset, I guess, that you know that says you know you shouldn't drink. Uh, but there again, uh, Jesus turned the water into wine. Sure. Yeah. And Paul tells Timothy, and Paul wrote half the New Testament Bible. He tells Timothy yeah. to have a glass of wine a day because it's good for the stomach. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you have those two things where sure, Jesus. Sure. Brought wine to the wedding because his mom, the mother Mary, asked yeah. him to. Right? And yeah. he, can you can you produce some more wine? And then also, the guy who wrote half the New Testament of the Bible tells his young disciple, "Hey, drink a glass of wine today." So I, yeah. people yeah, get yeah. way too religious, and we need to we need to just chill out. You know, sure. it, it sucks yeah. that uh, that people know more of what the church is against than what they're for. Right, and it's so sad. Right. And yeah. I think they're doing God and uh, other Christians a disservice. But that, yeah. there you go. That's my rant. There's my soapbox. I'm going to get off the soapbox. I was literally on a soapbox. You can't see it. This is true. It's though. amazing. You just keep soapboxes laying around the house. I do. I jump on them from time to time. Now, for those of you listening uh, at home and, and uh, or at work or in the car, wherever you're listening, God bless you. You're, maybe you're sitting in a park on a bench looking at a dog running and playing frisbee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, the coffee machine did go off in the background. We are having some uh, yes, we are organic uh, Guatemalan. Mm, it's good. Thank you for the coffee. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, I wanted to get you a beer, you know, or you know, some uh, some cognac. But uh, you're not you're not yeah. uh, you're not tasting the treats here uh, it's in true. California this this holiday season. <laughs> uh, so drink or not drink, yeah I, yeah, I think it's a personal choice. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, uh, by all means, you know, have it designated driver if that's yeah. what you're going to do and, and and be around people who will build you up not tear you down exactly exactly and you you know you don't want to be drinking if uh you know if it's going to turn new year's into a fight or something like, like right like so you want to be smart about it uh but yeah, yeah. so so the, the the second thing uh the second tip would be meditate or pray yeah i know yeah. i know for me uh, i don't know a lot about meditation but i know a lot about prayer and i'm i'm learning but i know i know sometimes even just quieting things down you know uh choosing to turn off the radio or something like that and just drive and be alone in silence and your thoughts and contemplate things to me is super helpful yeah when I, when i'm experiencing anxiety or depression Super healthy for me, too, to yeah. do the same thing. In fact, my wife and I just, uh, we set a timer on our phone. Yeah. And then we tried to clear everything out of our mind and just sit there. Mm. And uh, we did it yesterday. Three minutes. It's really? A three minute timer, yeah. That's brilliant. Man, that three minutes can, can feel like ten, you know, sometimes. But, yeah. Uh, 
we don't we don't pray we don't um, we don't intercede or pray for someone sure. else we don't we don't do anything we just try to clear our minds and yeah. you know sometimes you know uh, like my wife uh, Angie she said God will meet her on a on a park bench and just sit with her and, mm. and kind of just sew some things into her sometimes God gives me visions or you know I'll I'll see something or hear something from him but I don't go there expecting to hear him I don't go there uh, talking to him I just go to clear off my mind sure. And uh, usually I'll see a few things that I need to do, you know. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and so I'll keep a pencil and a, a, a pad of paper with me or, or even on my phone. And, I, you know, take out the trash. So I'll write down, take out the trash, and then I'll go back to clear wow. my mind. Yeah. You know, to, all right, oh, man, I had that thing, you know, in my head. Okay, yeah. I write that down. Now now that's, uh, that's out of there. Now I can go back to quieting my mind. It works I really well. I like that idea. There's a book, a great book that I read in college. It's uh, why not waste time with God, hmm. and so it's a book okay. on just sitting, but not in, not really in God's presence. You know, the, the guy, the guy who wrote the book, Mike Evans. So Mike Evans, you can find it on Amazon. Why not waste time with God? He's right. He wrote great books, and he still does. A good friend of mine, uh, but he calls it having coffee with God. So mm-hmm. he'll get his cup okay. of coffee and set, clear his head, and just sip his coffee in the morning while he just sits yeah. there. And it's changed my life. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Oh, I bet. To set a timer and then not think about anything? Oh, dude. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, And And I pray, too, to answer your question. Oh, okay. Both. And I'm learning. In fact, Billy Graham said, um, he said, um, they asked him before he died, you know, what do you regret most? And he said, I regret that I didn't pray more. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, if Billy Graham was really right? praying more, <laughs> where am I at in my prayer right? life? I have a oh. He said, uh, he said, if if we if we knew the power of prayer, we'd never stop praying. And yeah. I thought, wow. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, no, that, that makes sense. And that that's uh, reminds me of, or that sort of segues into the the third idea yes. of going for a walk. Yeah. Do, do you do? That much? Do you? I go try for to little avoid walks? exercise. <laughs> Certainly, I would never hike unless there's like a snack bar okay. or a gift shop <laughs> at the end of it. Like people go in the mountains and hike, and then come back. Like not only are you walking, but there's like you know you gotta like climb. What what is wrong with people? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't walk much, but what I do, yeah. what I do do, and I just said do do. What I do do <laughs> is I'll get in the car and take a drive. Okay, yeah. So sometimes, you know, sure. my wife and I, we might have heated fellowship from time to time, sure. as we call that, <laughs> uh, just because she's not really seeing my side of whatever we're heated about. Yeah. And uh, I'll get in the car, and I'll, I'll go for a drive for half hour, an hour, okay. clear my head, and, yeah. and come back, and, and I'm better. So, yeah. That's a good idea. I, I uh, It's walking in my car with wheels. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's I good. stopped skateboarding and I stopped walking when I when I got my driver's license and well it's been you know over thirty years. Yeah, and actually, and I didn't think about like skateboarding or riding your bike could do the same thing Absolutely. as taking a drive or yes. going for a walk. Um, I I removing yourself from the situation. I, exactly, exactly, and take and taking time to clear clear your mind. Yeah, and, um, you know, and and even. Uh, going for a walk might mean even just taking the dog for a walk, right? Like absolutely. I I've started recently uh, taking my dogs for a walk twice a day. What is your dog's name? Uh, so I've got three dogs. Yes. Olivia Chug. Yeah. Um, she's the Chihuahua pug. She's and the one I have on my refrigerator. That's the one on your refrigerator. Come on, yes. somebody. And then the other two are beagles, Rublev and Baxter. Uh, nice. And and they have um, 
I, they've got a good neighbor that takes care of them when I'm out of town. But uh, you my know, wife has six cats, and so walking. Yeah, I was going to ask cat, how many cats you have because well, there's, there's three definitely indoor, a cat three outdoor. Okay. In fact, uh, the lovely Mrs. Bennett has just walked in the room. Hello, hello. Her name's Angie. <laughs> Mrs. Claus, as the yeah. kids call her. Welcome to the to the podcast, Mrs. Claus. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's actually the perfect segue for number four, though, is uh, spend some time with animals. You know, pet your cat, walk your dog. Walk the old lady's dog down the street if you got a relationship with her. Oh, I uh, thought you meant like your wife. <laughs> uh, it's just easy, everyone listening. Calm down. That was bad. Angie, was bad. do you uh, do you find any kind of solace or peace uh, with the cats? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think there's some type of... They did, I know that there's been studies done where um, petting and spending time with animals lowers people's anxiety and, yeah. and uh, benefits their... Um, their well-being just yeah. by having something small and warm, sure. you know, yeah. sitting near you or, or cats and dogs are great um, witnesses. You know, they're just there. They're, they're there to just to provide presence, and sometimes that's what people need. Yeah. It's just have some, yeah. something there or someone there who can just sit with them, and they don't offer yeah. any advice. <laughs> right. They don't have solutions. They just right. want to love <laughs> on you. I mean, it's like the perfect, you know. And, and what wasn't that, I mean, that, that made me think of... Uh, Job, when Job was suffering, his uh, loudmouth friends were creating all sorts yeah. of problems for him. Mm-hmm. But what he really needed was just people to sit with him. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, they got corrected. God told him, "You go, you go and pray for your friend Job." Yeah. So yeah. I so I don't smite you, and I, I don't want to get smited by God. I don't even know what that is, but that doesn't sound good at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's no fun. Uh, one of the most important. Ones. I, I I think we're on five, but I don't think the numbers really matter because <laughs> it's supposed to be ten points, but I think we have eleven. But I haven't counted. Uh, so five-ish. Uh, this is one of the most important things to me is check in with a friend who truly knows you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people do this en- enough because I think people are afraid to show... Uh, let me put it this way. I am afraid to show what I perceive as weakness. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I don't like people to know that I have the same emotions or or may, maybe actually you know what it probably is I don't think I have problems that's how prideful I am I don't think I have problems so when I have problems because everybody has them I'm kind of in denial about them you don't want anyone to know and I don't want anybody to know man checking in with a friend is so important especially someone who knows you but also who edify you and encourage you and build you up and, and, and help you to see a different perspective and Angie does that a lot with me. Uh, That's good. Uh, you know, uh, man. Sometimes I think, man, I'm just not doing enough. I'm not giving enough. I'm, I'm not a, you know, really selfless person. She'd be like, "What are you talking about? You do this <laughs> and you do that." And, you, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, all right. That's yeah, a good point." Yeah. Uh, but I think it's so healthy to have someone like that in your life that you can go to. Yeah. Like a, my brother Nico, you know, I can go to him and go, "Dude, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Or I'm going through this." Sure. And I think it's really good to have like an accountability partner. And Angie's one of my. I have like a. I have like three people. Okay. I, yeah, I was going to ask if you have like a way life. that you go about it. Yeah, and I've told them, look, if you see me like acting the fool, or you see me doing yeah. something stupid, or maybe my attitude's wrong. Sure. You have the ability to speak in my life and tell me, hey, you know what, you're wrong. Yeah. You know, you need to yeah. check yourself. And and although I might not want to hear it, you have that platform, that ability, and that freedom to do that. And I need that. Yeah. Yeah. 
What would you say to that? Well, I was just thinking um, one thing that's important about having people who know you really well is that they're not going to judge you like, well, why haven't you gotten over this? Why are you acting like this right. again? You know, right. it's like, oh, right. okay, you're going through, you're depressed right now. I know what that looks like on you. Yeah. You know, you want a blanket? Can I get you some soda? Would you like to watch a movie? You know, do you yeah. need anything? Yeah. You know, or even just um, sometimes it's nice to have someone who will remind you that this is, it's temporary and it's going to pass. Right. Because when you're stuck, it's like being at the dentist and getting your teeth worked on. Uh-huh. You know it's going to be over. <laughs> and you know it's going to pass, but that doesn't make you feel any better in the chair. Sure. Because you have to go through the process in order to get out of the chair. And, yeah. and being depressed is like that. It's like, you you know, I know this is only temporary, but it still feels like it's forever. You know, like it's, yeah. it's going to yeah. stay and stay. And, and nothing though your practical brain knows it's not. Right. You know, you're, yeah. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, the feelings are still real and the feelings are still there. And it's always nice to have somebody, um, even if they just remind you of that or just remind you that they're also aware that you're going through it. Right. You know, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Okay, so a couple of things on that, just to piggyback off of you, uh, and just something I, I was thinking of, you know, men in general, I don't want to, I don't want to generalize, but sure, I will. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, we're, we're generally uh, problem solvers. So, oh, yeah. you're going through this, so you need to do this, this, and this. Where women are more, uh, I wouldn't say more, uh, uh, I, you know, just the approach mm-hmm. uh, they have. They're not trying to solve your problem, but they just comfort yeah. you in that. I right. think is, and you know, not all women are like that. Not all men are. But uh, always good to have someone of the opposite sex that you can process with okay. uh, and talk to, uh, because they're going to give you a completely different perspective uh, than right. telling you what you would see. Because our brains are different, you know. Yeah, yeah. Male yeah. and female are different. And then um, I had another great point, and uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what it was. It was so good, though. Right. Well, I I, I want to piggyback off that since yes. you lost a point, I'll make one yeah. to make up for nice. it. Nice. Um, so I'm part of this group called the Samson Society, and yes. I, I won't do the whole explanation at the moment. Uh, I've actually talked about it on several episodes, but I've heard um, it. I've heard you talk about it. Yeah, pe- people can definitely. Ch- oh yeah, I think we I've talked about it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, stuff. so part of that is uh, we have you. If you're in the Samson Society, you should have or be or both a Silas. This is like Paul and Silas. Yes. It's similar to a sponsor in AA or yes. NA or something like that. Uh, the framework is a little different, but. Uh, nevertheless, I'm a Silas to, at the moment, I'm a Silas to one guy, and I have a Silas. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of funny. While we were um, talking about this, I ignored a phone call <laughs> from one and got a text from the other. Nice. That's so cool. And so when I leave here, I'm going to find out what their check-ins are, and I'm probably going to turn around and give them a check-in. See, uh, see, so I see God in that. Yeah. Here we are yeah. talking about this. God's like, here, let me send you both your guys right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, and and so Absolutely. and so I've always I've always been taught, and I try to do this in my personal life. I try to, I, I believe everyone should have a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. All right, okay. so the same thing. Yeah. So someone you're learning from, someone who encourages you, and someone you're building up. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that Barnabas was uh, Barnabas means uh, son of encouragement, and okay. he was he was Paul's encouraging partner who would build Paul up, and I yeah, think that that's yeah. so important to have a Barnabas in your life. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I I do recommend uh, for for our listeners if if you don't 
already have something in place with someone that they that you know that you can call at any time find someone that you trust mm-hmm. and if if you don't know how to start uh, the way I always tell people to start in Samson is with four questions. Hopefully, I won't mess them up. I have a card somewhere with them, but I, don't oh, have I love it. it. We're going strictly but, off memory. <laughs> the the four questions are: What am I doing? What am I thinking? Mm-hmm. How am I feeling? And what am I thinking about doing? Mm-hmm. And so that's a good place to start when you start establishing a relationship where you're getting more real. You're open. You just call them and just answer those questions. Even I, I've actually with my Silas, I actually send him a a voice memo. I don't even call him. I just send him a voice memo every single day. And then if he hears anything that's off or if I need to talk to him, I say that on there or he hears something off and then calls me. That's cute. Is there a website for that, Jamie? Yeah. Uh, SamsonSociety.com is for the Samson group and that should be in one of the downloadable PDFs or it might be .org. I don't remember. At some point they let the domain lapse and they had to switch. I think a porn... Uh, site tried to take over it, which is awful because a lot of guys go to the Samson Society to deal with porn addiction. Right. So for a uh, porn company to take over it was really shitty. Sorry. Shitty might be the right term. I I think it is. I really feel like it is. But but they may have uh, straightened that out. But there's also on on that website there's... uh, you know, groups you can search to find if there's a group in your area. Of course, any two people can start a group. Uh, there's downloadable resources. Um, if those questions aren't on the website, anybody can reach out to me and I'll, I'll send them a PDF or something they can print off. Yeah, uh, how's that spelled? Like Samson and Delilah? Samson? Yeah, uh, S-A-M-S-O-N. S-A-M-S-O-N. I think some translations, I think, put a P in there. But this one, there's no P. S A M S O N. Yes, Sam. And and, and also, if anybody's interested too, uh, there is a book that goes along with it that uh, called Samson and the Pirate Monks, and I highly recommend oh, it. Oh, I nice. generally always have two copies of that book uh, on hand, one to always keep in my library and one to give away. So I think I actually need to replenish that second one uh, very soon. Cool. Thank you. Now I'm, I'm hearing a, a timer go off. That's not the coffee machine. No, that, that would, would be Mrs. Bennett's meatloaf. Mrs. Bennett's meatloaf. <laughs> and listen, you kids out there, you don't want to let your meatloaf. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So put a bunch of ketchup on it, chow down, have some meat. So I, I lost my note with the uh, for a second, but I just found it. What's the note? Um, Oh, my note that has the uh, the principles we're talking about. Right, that aren't numbered, and we have no idea what we're on. Let's go like seven-ish, six-ish, <laughs> somewhere in there. So so the next one, actually, I don't think we even need to talk about it. We can just mention it, because yeah. it's an extension of the last one. I think yeah. we covered it. Spend time with people who build you up. Come on. Absolutely. That yeah. one's kind of, kind of hey, a no-brainer, but so we don't always do that. I right? had a family member yesterday that wanted to unpack some stuff. And it was all negative. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, it's Christmas. Yeah. Well, how do they ever get to see you? I want to, like, tell you about this. So yeah. I let him tell me. But I said, uh, I just tried to segue out of it. Sure. I'd be like, hey, let's not let's not focus on this. We're about family right now yeah. and stuff like that. But, uh, but we can unpack it later. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a time and a place for, like, yeah. throwing up on people. Yeah. You know? Uh, but you definitely want to be around the people who build you up. Yeah. And, uh, 
and uh, encourage you to be more. And I, I found for me, uh, this is almost on the flip side of that. The other side of the coin is be the kind of person to build other people up, right? Yeah. Sometimes when people ask me, oh, you know, how was that? I'll say, oh, it was great. And then I'll mention, you know, the one negative thing, but I mean it like humorously. And then we walk away from that scenario, and all they heard was the negative part. So for me, I have to remind myself, you know, even if there was something a little negative, either don't talk about it or move on pretty quick because life is full of great opportunities and wonderful positive things. And if all we're doing is talking about the negative things, that could bring, that could bring us down. So something just jumped in my head, and sure. I guarantee you this is for probably us, but also for someone who's listening. Uh, when you have to give a corrective word, and as a pastor, sometimes I have to give corrective yeah, words. Yeah. And corrective words can be tough. Yeah. So what I do, and I was taught this at an, at an early age in ministry, was yeah. uh, 99% build up, 1% tear down. Okay. And so if I knew I had to give someone a corrective word or, or a, a word of, of change, I would uh, build up and talk about all the great things that they'd been doing. And then I'd say, hey, um, one thing I'd like to... Have you thought about maybe doing it like this, or maybe yeah, you know, and yeah. then trying to segue into that corrective word? But after I'd said, "Man, you know what? I really love you. I love you. you know, your smile. I love the attitude you have. I love the things <laughs> that you're doing." Yeah, then, yeah, of course. Oh, but by the way, right. And so by then, you know, you don't just come in with, "Hey, you know what? You need to change this," because you know, instantly there's a wall put up that's sure. shut down. But if you can build them up and encourage them, edify them, and then give them that corrective word, usually they receive it more, and usually there's change or some things move in the right direction of yeah of correction so it's good that's awesome it's it's funny actually that reminds me of my first experience working with a record producer was uh here in bakersfield and it was my friend pigeon john Uh um we weren't friends yet that was how we became friends Uh and uh he came up to bakersfield from la and we were down at the uh, bakersfield music school and recording studio Mm -hmm. and uh the thing is there's a piece of glass between the mixing board yes. and the guy rapping, and uh, yeah, you have to press the button to talk to him for you. To, yes. So you can make fun of him all you want, but as soon as you hit that button, yeah, anything you say is going to go into their brain and affect their performance. And you want to let off the button too. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so what what he ended up doing was uh, what he would do is he would get on there, he would con- he would praise, he would give a correction, and then he would praise again. Of course, when he was off the button, he'd make oh, fun of me like too. That. But praise, correction, praise. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Oh, Be- come on! And well, that's that. It totally you're, works. You're jacking me up. I'm at that. <laughs> I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that from it's, Pigeon John. It's pretty much the same thing you said. It's just but, a little different. But to way. have a little bit more edification at the end. It it works well. And I like it. And and I think I I think it was. I mean, I was pretty young back then. Um, as an artist, uh, when you're young, especially, it's hard to take correction. Yeah. So that was really good. And every time we would work with a producer and walk away, it was not always comfortable in the moment, even with the praise as bookends. Yes. yes. It still wasn't always comfortable. But you'd walk away and you'd go, yeah, there's a reason we worked with this producer. It's to make our product better. So he was right. It didn't feel good at the moment, but exactly. he was right. Okay. You know, uh, uh, so I got to change up the 99% build up, 1% tear down. I'm going to go with the 75% build up. One percent tear down, twenty four percent build up. You see how I'm working with that? I'm I love do it. that. It's way more precise that way. I like it. So speaking of uh, segueing pod- into the next question, yes, and and I realize actually by 
we we actually uh, number eight or nine or whatever that's down the list. We we've, no we've already idea. we've already done it. We're, we've already done one. Have we? Oh, skip, it, skip so, away. So uh, so that's kind of fun. Now one that I think is really important uh, for those of you on Facebook or Twitter or where whatever your social media poison of choice oh, this is. This is gonna be gold. Get off the social media or at least hide negative people <laughs> and facebook specifically has a feature that i recently discovered where you can mute someone for 30 days angie you or wouldn't know anything about it back on. or until you turn it back on you even better you, you wouldn't know anything until i see them again in heaven would you would you would you know anything <laughs> about that angela yes Yes. Tell us about it. I am extremely liberal. <laughs> I'm a very liberal um, person. Okay. And uh, in uh, politics, is this what you're saying? In life? Pretty much almost every element of my life. Um, yeah. So a streaming lip. I will a lot add. Of, a lot of um, <laughs> my Christian friends um, are very conservative. Sure. And so no. what has happened is um, a lot of really nasty on both sides of my friend's fence yeah. a lot of really nasty like memes and yeah. postings and just very angry very negative kind of uh, hateful stuff um on both sides to yeah, both yeah. sides you yeah. know and it's been really difficult um where uh it 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 makes you not like people sure yeah you know and it's like we used to be able to to have things in common with people Despite their politics, despite your politics, you know, your religion, your, you know, your, your uh, union, you know, um, everything, you know, yeah. immigration policy, death penalty, abortion, all these things, people could still have common ground and be decent to one another yeah. and respectful of one another's differences. And I think that social media has really destroyed that ability for people to have yeah, um, for decent sure. conversations with each other. And so what will sometimes happen on... What was happening on my page is that I would post something very liberal, and then someone would come back with something really conservative, and then my friends on both sides would jump in and start sniping at each other, and it was ugly. Right. It was like, wait, it's right. like having two barking dogs come into your front yard and start barking. <laughs> it's like, get out of my yard. This is my yard. You were just yeah. trying to sell lemonade yeah, in your front yard. And they're fighting over what color the lemonade's going to be. No, all of a sudden, they're like pooping all over your lawn. It was terrible. So I, there's Fighting and people, pooping at the same time. Right? You know, you know my, my, my friend range ranges from... You know, liberal, LGBT, sure. um, atheist, all the way to far right, conservative, um, gun, um, uh, a wall. You know, in, uh, you know, Mexico wall. I mean, like. Both did you make a donation to the GoFundMe for no, the wall? You didn't do that. No, <laughs> You're gonna do that later today. That was it's Twelve million and counting. Last yeah. time I saw, it. I saw it was sixteen million. That's <laughs> okay, it's gone up. Ain't gonna put never, money in. Never, never be me. Ever, uh -huh. ever, ever, ever. <laughs> um, but I had to at a certain point, like, and I, I'm trying to be biblical about it. You yeah, know, the yeah. Bible says you're supposed to go to someone that you have a grievance with. And you sure. talk to them first, and then if they ignore you, then you take somebody and you go back and you try and talk to them with a witness with you. You know, yeah, like yeah. An and if that doesn't happen, you know, what do you do? And that doesn't happen, then you you cast them in the cast hell. It. No, <laughs> but you you know you cut off. This is Sparta. Them. That's me sometimes kicking you in the hole. Yeah, I've had people who are like telling my you know my Catholic friends that they're going 
to hell. My Catholic relatives, they're, they're, they're going to hell. And my Clearly, that's knowledge yeah. we can have. You know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you're you're yeah. toast, man. Yeah, that's you're none of our pay grade on who's <laughs> Yeah, so that was, that was, yeah. I think that's a very wise piece of advice because you can get so easily sucked into the negativity and the snarkiness of, of everybody's different posts. And, yeah. you know, yeah. it's very easy to piggyback onto someone when you're out there. Yeah. And you yeah. can God mod yeah. <laughs> compared to when you're right in front of somebody. Yeah. It's, you know, it's hard to be. It's easier to be nasty to people oh, when absolutely. they're, you know, on the other side of the country or they're, absolutely. you never see them. So. Well, I, I've, I've, even, I, I've even found when I have good intentions, yeah. sometimes I can even be more brusque with someone, yeah. unkind with someone. Or, uh, you know, I got nicknamed, I'm, I'm an admin of several Facebook groups, okay. and I got nicknamed by some of my friends as the shark. <laughs> and I thought it was cute at first, but then I started thinking about it, I was like... They're calling me the shark because I'm being super impatient with uh, people that I think are kind of being dummies. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of times, like, my sharkiness was well-placed, like, you know, because I have to admin a group. And if yeah. someone's being a jerk to some sweet little old lady, yeah. they need to be reminded of the rules. Right. But that doesn't mean I have a blank pass to be an ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, exactly. And it, it's, it's very easy for me to be very quick in a response and then go back and be like, yeah, that's not that's not what we need to yeah, do. There you go. What is this? That's a quarter. Uh, okay. Twenty five cents. Oh, you yes. you had a twenty five cent word. Brusque. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. That's a twenty five cent is a word. Twenty five I I actually um I I hired some rappers to help since we're promoting the new record apparently. Of course um, we are. Uh, I I hired some rappers to give me feedback on some of the lyrics and yes. uh, cookbook uh, from L.A. Symphony. Uh, Cohort of Pigeon John, so nice. the LA Symphony's getting their due today. Uh, he did one and of my so songs. So is Pigeon John. Pigeon John gets mentioned Not on every song. Not to be confused with Crow. Or every every podcast. Go yeah. There goes the Crow John. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what, what did Cookbook say? So Cookbook, he hit me back and he was like, "Yeah, uh, that was a good song. Uh, I know you like to use a lot of big words and stuff, but." Um, <laughs> 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 it was kind of funny. I was actually just listening to a song on the way over here because I'm trying to memorize some of the lyrics and uh, that I don't have completely and it is kind of funny i did use the term platitudes in my uh -huh. rap uh -huh. which i don't think that's that crazy of a word right. but it's probably the only rap song that uses the term platitude um so I, maybe the beastie boys did it because i don't know you're looking at a different <laughs> platitude altogether there uh you uh uh i'll do respect to yeah. uh Cookbook, and whenever someone says "all due respect to whoever," yeah, someone's yeah, going to yeah. get disrespected. Right. Not disrespecting cookbook, <laughs> but never been confused with the source. Ah, yes. Oh, dang! That was <laughs> all right. That's funny. I don't care who you are. I like it. That was very that's good. Not bad. That was very good. It's cookbook. It is cookbook. Well, that's good. So, did you take that advice? Uh, I well, he didn't. Okay, so I should clarify. I did take his advice. Yes. He didn't necessarily single out the word platitude, yes. for example. So, like, I decided to keep platitude. Good for you. But I did simplify a few things. See, somebody gives you those words like that, especially coming from a cookbook, you could feel verklempt. And, <laughs> and, you know, then, you know. Yeah, I was trying to get the quarterback. That's, that, that is a good one. You you did earn it. Here, here's no, the no, I set myself up for that. You use brusque very, very well. So. Well, thank you. All right. So, uh, so the next one on number fifty-nine of our tips. Absolutely, yeah, I don't even know number one. We're in the sixties. Um, get out of the house and go to a play, go to a concert, um, go to a church service. Do something. Get out of your own head. 
yeah. get out of staring at the wall. Uh, and and let, let me let me give an example from my life, and then I'm gonna shut up and let let you comment on it. Um, a friend of mine passed this year, mm. and it hit me a lot harder than I expect expected. Mm. And um, I found out the day I got home from tour, and I came home with a pretty bad cold. I, I was almost worried it was the flu. It was the symptoms were just funky, and I ended up basically staying home alone for like five days, sitting sick, and then, in, also sick, and then sitting in the sadness of losing my friend. And then and that was actually part of the inspiration for me. I started drinking that week. I was thinking, you know, it started innocent. Like, you know, everybody loves a good hot toddy when they're sick. You know, I'm going to have some, some hot whiskey and some some, uh, some honey or something. But I wasn't moderating. By by day four or five. Are you supposed to moderate? Apparently. Because <laughs> it I wasn't working out problem. for me <laughs> otherwise. Uh, but, yeah, by day four or five of that, I was I was in a deep depression. Yeah, and 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 I and I don't mean I just felt sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like I, when I the next time I went to my therapist, she was like, you know, Jamie, it's okay to admit that you actually have clinical depression, wow, and have had for a yeah. while. And uh, being alone in the house was a terrible idea for me at that juncture. Mm-hmm. And uh, and actually, I didn't I didn't I didn't even plan on saying this ahead of time, but like. Uh, by day four or five, I had there was a prayer service at my church in on a Thursday or Friday evening. And we ne- we like never have that, yeah. and I was like, you know, I have to go. And I didn't even like because I still wasn't feeling well. I like stood at the back and just prayed silently, but it was one of the best things I could have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. Sometimes when I'm processing and I'm going through it, I don't want anyone around me. You know, yeah. I just want to wallow. Yeah. And my pity and my sorrow and feel bad for myself and uh, thank God I, I'm married and my wife will come in and <laughs> tell me well, come on yeah uh, you know when I came back from Mexico uh, after a women's conference a couple of months ago yeah. um, just riding a high and I came back and and I I had to do my taxes for the corporation uh, but no it was fun. like the coffee shop and yeah. the nonprofit combined into one. Uh, and I, I didn't have any help. And when I reached out to my wife, she was doing her finals for her graduate school. She's like, I can't help you. And then my, yeah. other, my other two and my three were like, yeah, sorry, I'm busy. Sure. And I felt like I'd been deserted and was all alone. And yeah. I, I believe it was a spiritual attack. You know, I don't... Sure. I don't. Uh, I don't try to give the enemy a lot of credit, but I, I for this one, <laughs> I, like I felt that. like I had like a spirit of Jezebel on me. Anytime you're taking new ground and you're doing new things and you're pioneering things, uh, yeah. uh, especially for the kingdom in a dark place. I'd just gotten out of the red light district in Tijuana yeah. and just saw some great advances, and we had a lot of success down there. I believe I just got hit spiritually, but. Um, Getting out and getting around other people, uh, yeah. especially where there's like some joy and, and getting out of your funk, I think, uh, yeah, uh, is a really good advice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Being around other people, you know, to build you up and encourage you, and then it goes back to what you're saying about Samsung. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and uh, did you find it it, it helped you? Uh, just getting out and just being around others, like when you went to that prayer service, just standing back. Oh yeah, back. yeah, yeah. It was it was huge and fresh air. It really for some was. Reason. It really I had was. surgery two years ago on my stomach, and uh, and I was down 
in my room inside the house mm-hmm. five days straight. And on the sixth day, I actually just went out and stood on the back patio. Okay. And got some air. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I've been outside in six days, and this actually feels really good. Right. Like on my skin and stuff. And yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the sun. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I have a built-in winter coat, as the kids say. And, uh, and you know, the sun makes my body cry or sweat, as they say. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just being outside really did be a world of good. Just getting out of that situation that I was in, you know, as I was like oh, in a tur- cave true. in my yeah, room, you know, trying to recover, as you were probably when you were sick. Oh, for sure. I didn't for have sure. any hot toddies, though. See, see that Dang it. It. it is pretty nice, though. Yeah. It is pretty nice. <laughs> it's a hot toddy. <laughs> it's nice when you have one. <laughs> right, one, one. I see. Not I eight. I, I we, when we talked about limiting. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Like just moderating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stop at two bottles of wine. I'm not I'm not a sickie here. I don't yeah. go for the third bottle. Come on, people. Yeah, I, I try to I try to keep it at um, a single box. Um, sure. You know, <laughs> just That's kidding. I, I don't encourage box wine necessarily, but there are some decent ones. There, there. are some decent. So almost in contradiction, though, to that last point. Yes. Uh, sometimes you do need to be inside a little bit, and so my next my next idea is. Uh, you know, read a book, watch a comedy on Netflix, or go to the movies even by yourself. Yeah, I actually really enjoy going to the movies I by myself. Movies by so myself. do I. We we both. <laughs> She'll go to a movie by herself. I'm, like, oh, I'm going to a movie. I'm like, good for you. That's and great. I'll do it myself too. You know, especially an afternoon movie, because you go in, you watch the movie, it's dark, you come out, and you're like, oh, it's still daylight. You like the yeah. day yeah. isn't yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. I smoke off. Um, I do a lot of self-care, and I think self-care is so important. Definitely. That we don't get stuck in our rut. And yeah. in my line of work, fighting human trafficking, we don't uh, have a lot of success. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the women go back to the guys that sure. we rescue out. You know, average yeah. times that a woman goes back to her traffickers, 8 to 11 times. Wow. So we see a lot of women that we minister to and we help, and then they go back to that same situation. And that can be very challenging for me physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And so my self-care that I do a lot, besides processing with my with my three in my circle, sure. is also um, impractical jokers. I'm telling you, this show on TV. Now you're looking at me like you have no idea what I'm I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. All right, well, here's a word to every viewer, especially <laughs> my boy Chug here. Listen to me. Impractical jokers. It's four lifelong friends who okay. compete, they compete to embarrass each other. Okay. It's the number one show on cable. It is absolutely hilarious. And they, they have these challenges that they, that they challenge yeah. each one to do. So good. All I, I, I laugh till I almost black out. I think I, I, you know what, I, when I was on tour, I saw an old friend in Joplin, Missouri, and I think he and his wife put that show on for me i didn't know what it was called yeah. but that totally fits the description of a show they showed me when i was on tour so i've almost walked out funny. a few times laughing so hard <laughs> it's just so good so but That's I, good. comedies stand up uh i yeah. have serious xm satellite in my car okay so i, I got a couple of comedy channels i listen to nice. i always try to keep my jokes and, and stand up we have some stand up nice uh, that we watch and then uh, Jim Gaffigan is pretty oh, yeah. much he's, he's great. That guy's just brilliant. Yeah. So, anyways, I I also like um, I mean I'm and I'm reading books too, right? Yeah. So that uh, uh, what I was going to say about books is, of course, there's a lot of great 
funny books that you can find. I mean, but uh, but I also like reading, especially when I'm down. I like reading memoirs. Yes. Um, and oh, good for you. They can be messed up memoirs. Yeah. You know, but they can also be uplifting memoirs. Like I don't know, just memoirs in general. Getting into someone else's story when my situation is is difficult or frustrating or whatever really helps me. Well, especially if they're jacked up, because you're like, oh, I'm not that jacked up. Right. This person, this person <laughs> went through hell. Right. It, 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 it makes the challenges you're facing not seem so bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or if it is as bad, at least you know you're not alone. You're not the first person to face it. Yeah. You know? I love the abolitionists. Uh, and I really draw off of uh, abolitionists who have come before us. And, of course, yeah. Jesus was the great abolitionist to set, set people free out of slavery. But, I mean, Lincoln's my guy. Oh yeah, and uh, and my wife Angie just got me this book on Lincoln. I swear it wasn't wait ten pounds. Yeah, it's called Finding Lincoln. It's a big coffee okay, book. Finding really, Lincoln. Really good. Interesting. <clears throat> I love reading about him. I love his quotes. I love what he went through and just processing and reading what he went through when he was trying to yeah. emancipate slavery, and now I fight modern day slavery. I pull a lot from him, um, and what he went through, the downtimes and the uptimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and that's something I wanted to say is this for our listeners. You know, if you are fighting uh, depression or you're in a tough season right now, um, hang in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, for every down, there's an up. Yeah. And, you know, you need to remember that when you're down. When you're going through it, you know, and, and things are really just hitting you and, like, nothing's going right and Murphy's Law is taking effect on you. Just know that eventually things are going to swing and things are going to start going on an uphill, and and that decline's going to the decline's going to start to be an incline, and and it's yeah. the incline memories you know that you need to hold on to. Um, I often think of uh, uh, seasons that we go through um, here in in this valley. Uh, I think it's I think we're the seventh biggest producer of produce in the world for uh, fruits and vegetables. And at the bottom of, of, of our valley, we live in the southern San Joaquin Valley, there's grapevines. And uh, the, the road to get from Bakersfield to Los Angeles, you have to go over uh, a mountain range. And it's called the grapevine. And it's because there's grapevines that were all the way out to this mountain range. And then you go over the mountain and you're in Los Angeles. Uh, but the grapes, and the grapevines, they're grown in the valley. They're grown in the low parts. There's no yeah. fruit or vegetables growing up on top of the mountain. Yeah. Because those mountaintop experiences, those good times that we have in our life, you know, the fruit's not being produced. Mm-hmm. The fruit's being produced in the tough times of your life. Yeah. You know, where we're yeah. being molded and shaped is in is in the low times, the hard times of what we're going through because those are going to propel us into the mountaintop experiences. Now, if you're on a mountaintop experience and you're in a good season and everything's going good, man, I would say <coughs> pray and stay in that season as long as you can. But uh, but just know this, for every up, there's a down. And so yeah. Paul says, you know, he says to rejoice in trials. Uh uh, rejoice when trials come your way. Actually, it's James. James yeah, yeah. said, "Rejoice when trials come your way." He didn't say if they come; it's right. when, they come. when they come, and they're Absolutely. coming. You know, yeah. we, we this is life. We go through stuff. Yeah, we we got some crap yeah. that we have to Absolutely. go through, mm-hmm. and uh, and but 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 uh, but rejoice and be glad in the tough times because those are molding and shaping us into the people we are now. You know, yeah, the loss and the death and and the and the depression. Uh, and it's really hard to see when you're down, but just know that you know there's an up cycle coming and a good time coming your way. 
Yeah, I'm, I want to um, expand on James a little bit there. Uh, whether people are of faith or not listening to this. Sure. Um, what James talks about in that in that passage, uh, he says to consider it pure joy. Yes. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Like, yeah, right, James. This is joy. <laughs> pure. But pure joy, right. How is that possible? But, you know, he expands it. He almost has a, a chain. He says, uh, tribulation works patience. Yes. Patience works experience. Experience works hope. And what does hope do, he says? Hope makes you not ashamed. Mm-hmm. And they, there have been, this is not one of my, I'm adding it right now. One of my things is like, <laughs> commit something to memory. Whether it's a quote, a saying, a scripture. Yeah. Something that, that you can hang on to that's true. Yeah. When it doesn't feel true. Yeah. If you repeat it to yourself over and over, put it on a, a sticky note or put it on your mirror on a sticky note mm-hmm. and repeat it to yourself. Put it on your phone. Uh, if you're really adventurous, you know, record it and listen to yourself mm-hmm. say it back until you start to believe it. Mm-hmm. And I, I know uh, for me that passage from James, um, you know, at a, in another point in my life when things were difficult, uh, I just every time it would get hard, I would just repeat that mm-hmm. and, and try to believe it until I truly believed it and truly lived it. So now I'm going to get crazy. I'm going to say, even if you're not of faith, I would encourage you to read the book of James. It's five chapters. And the thing we don't, that most people don't know about James, and I'm a biblical scholar, so I got this. (laughs) It's Jesus' half-brother. You know, so Mary and Joseph, like Mary gave birth to Jesus, and his father was God. God impregnated Mary. Uh, But Mary and Joseph went on to get married. They had, Jesus had four half-brothers. And he had sisters. It doesn't say how many sisters he has, it's just multitude. But one of his half brothers was James, and James wrote the book of James. It's five chapters, it's an easy read, but there's so much meat in there and so many things that I go back to and cling on. Yeah. Uh, as as a believer, uh, that I can go back in trials and in good times. It's just man, it's a wonderful book. So No, I d I don't want to steal any thunder from that, but yes, sir. Uh, I would be um, lynched by my Orthodox friends Thank if I you didn't so much. offer uh, a slightly different take on that. Okay, go ahead. Um, the the only difference I would say is uh, from an Orthodox perspective, yes. we say that um, we believe that Joseph actually had children from a previous marriage; that he was a widower. Oh, and so we see James as an older uh, stepbrother. Okay, I, now I, 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 need, I need a reference here because I like it. All right, so we'll, I'm going to dig deep. We'll, we'll, I'm we'll follow deep I'll, on this. I'll send you some stuff. I and, love uh, it. We'll at least have the conversation. But I'm so open to that. Yeah, I've, never, I've never heard that. It's really interesting. And one of the things that... This is good. Are you hearing this? Well, My wife's sitting here. I'm well, asking her. One of the things here. that uh, really? is really compelling about Previous. that, and I'll just say this, is yes, that um, when Jesus is on the cross, yeah. do you remember who he entrusts his mother to? John. Right. If James had been a younger half-brother, he probably wouldn't have had to do that. So that that is not an ironclad argument, but that's just an incidental side that Jesus is entrusting his mother to a disciple he loved, but wasn't even family. And and that would be that would be why, because James would have been off doing his own thing. It would have been his stepmom. If... Whether I'm right or wrong is not the point, but I just wanted to throw that out there. That nice. But either way, it doesn't change the fact that James is an incredible book, and let's, it is somebody who was close to Jesus Christ. Yes, you know, and and uh, there are words to live by in that book. Is this for sure. is this a volume three? 
<laughs> is this a third set down in the future? It, it, may, maybe this just needs to be a thing until we die. We just Dude, have see, podcasts. Because like, even if we weren't recording, <laughs> we just need to hang. We do. Yeah. We absolutely but do. But next time, you better be having beers when you show up. All right. I'll make sure I'm drinking okay. next time. All right. Just, just saying. So we're, we're about to wrap up. Yes, uh, sir. Before we do, I, I want to give one last point, and then uh, and then we'll we'll share a few bits of information, and we'll wrap up. Uh, the last point is something you you know you both know very well, um, and that's I, I hate this phrase, but giving back, yeah. giving to others, getting involved in other people's yeah, lives, definitely. even people you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. You know, volunteering at mm-hmm. a soup kitchen, or you know, s- someone hitting up an organization like Magdalene Hope and going, "What do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, what what can I do to be a part of this?" Well, anytime you take the focus off of yourself. Mm-hmm. Your problem will get smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there, there's a saying that says when you make your God bigger, your problem gets smaller. Sure. When you make God smaller, your problem gets bigger. But anytime like you turn phrase. your focus outward and you start looking at what other people need, yeah. your problem doesn't seem so important because you're, you're rising up, you're aligning yourself to being useful. And yeah, yeah, helpful, yeah. Right. You know, and, and there's, there are a few things that are more satisfying um, even temporarily than seeing someone else's get their needs met. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have a word for somebody or you have a resource for somebody that they would not get from anyone else but you. Yeah. You are the only person that could provide that one bit of wisdom or that pair of shoes or that socks or that lunch that that person needs or a coat or, you know, it could be something, a backpack for their kid. Yeah. You know, so... You might just be needed to wash dishes or dig a hole for a tree, you mm, know. And sometimes right. just doing something physical gets you out of your head and yeah. gets you looking at what else is out there in the world. You yeah, know? yeah, that's it, good. Yeah, helping other people is just huge because, I mean, we're not really meant, to, and this is just my opinion, but we're not really meant to just, like, be stuck in our head. We wouldn't have any yeah. arms or legs. We'd be like a big, like a giant rolling head if we were just a ball about right. thinking all the time. Exactly, know? yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no greater joy than laying your life down for someone else. And, you know, I don't believe that means, like, you know, giving your life, although it can be, you know. Sure. And hats off to, <coughs> to all the men and women who... <coughs> serve in the military and have sacrificed their life for us and you know often think of Jesus you know making the ultimate sacrifice but I mean giving you know what's the most important quantity or, or uh, uh, what's the most important thing that I have is my time you know mm-hmm. I can't yeah. get more time I can buy more things I can get more stuff but I don't you know I only have so many hours in my day and yeah. to give myself to something um you know, it's very rewarding. Uh, you know, that's the cool thing about, you know, the, the Christmas on Union, you know, uh, and uh, we we have people come with their children and they get to go out and, and not only do you get to buy the toy, but you get to take that toy and then give it to an underprivileged child who has nothing. Like, you know, it's one kid I talked to and this kid got a bunch of toys because he was wearing pants that were about a foot longer than his feet mm-hmm. and he didn't have his shoes. Yeah. So the pants that were hanging off his feet that were literally probably six inches past like his toes, he was probably wow. nine, yeah. but those pants were using, you know, he was using those for his pants and his shoes. Right. So that kid got extra toys. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, and, yeah. When, and when you go and you work at a soup kitchen, when you go give away toys, when you go volunteer somewhere, when you work at the homeless center, when you just make a sandwich, 
Man, one of the best stories about the Vineyard Church, and, and our roots are based in the Vineyard Church, of the church we're at now. Uh, it was birthed out of Anaheim, California, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. back in the in the in the in the 80s. And uh, one of the one of the parishioners of the church, one of the uh, one of the people in the congregation, went up to the pastor and said, "Hey, what are we doing to feed the homeless?" And he goes, "I don't know. What are you doing to feed the homeless?" He goes, "No, I'm, I'm asking you." What is the church doing to feed the homeless? And he goes, that's why I'm asking you, what are you doing to feed the homeless? You're the church. <laughs> so yeah. he said, yeah. he thought to himself, man, I really don't have very much money, but I make a sandwich every day and I take it to work. So the guy started cutting his sandwich in half and he would find a homeless person mm. to give the other sandwich to every day that he went to yeah. work. And I think it's so important that we give back to those who are less fortunate than us yeah. because one, we're helping, right? Yeah. Uh, someone else. But it also shows us just how blessed we are. Yeah. And being down in Union Avenue, being in Mexico, and those kids who had nothing, you know, those kids wouldn't get a toy had people right. here not given toys. Right. So just to be a part of that, you know, we get, you know, the, the pleasure of being Mr. and Mrs. Claus where we can go give something, something yeah. out. But, you know, to bring hope to someone who's had their hope deferred. Yeah. It's so amazing just yeah. to be that person, like, hi, right. how can right. I serve you? And a lot of people, uh, Jamie, uh, man, they just want someone to listen to them. Yeah. They yeah. Don't, they're not looking for advice. Right. I was ministering this Mexican guy who was in an alley under some bushes. It was about 110 degrees that day. We were off looking for people to minister to. I saw this guy. We started talking to him. He spoke Spanish. A friend of mine spoke Spanish on my team. I had two guys with me. And, and I asked him, are you hungry? And he said, see. I said, are you thirsty? You want some agua? Yeah. See. So we went and got him food and water, came back, and we gave it to him. And I had my friend try the best that he could pray in Spanish. Okay. And he was struggling to find the to try to find the words. And so the homeless guy who was in the bushes started praying for us. And he said, God, mm-hmm. my people walk by me all day long, yet you send these three gringos to go get me food and water, and I pray a blessing over them. Mm-hmm. But as I was standing there, and we were trying to talk to him, my friend was trying to talk and figure out what he needed. I was thinking, man, I want to move on to the next person because I can't talk to this guy. And I really felt like God checked me and mm-hmm. said, he basically told me, be quiet. Yeah. And listen, because this guy hasn't had a meaningful conversation in years. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So then I just wanted to stand there when my friend tried to speak Spanish to him and just listen to this guy. And this guy just poured out his heart to us about how, you know, he had nothing. It was just a great encounter. But, you know, I learned something that day just to listen, man. People just want to be listened to and heard. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Eye contact, a smile. Yeah. Like, uh, I think a lot of times people... Uh, especially when it comes to someone that's homeless that might be asking for something. Mm-hmm. They may feel uncomfortable. Uh, in certain circumstances, they might not, may not feel safe. Yeah. You know, depending on, it might, might be night, you might be walking your car alone. Yeah. Um, so we want to be safe and we want to be cautious. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, sometimes somebody sitting in an alley may not have had anybody be friendly to them in weeks, months, years. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, a little bit of eye contact and human, mm-hmm. human dignity. Yeah, human. You know. Um, you know, th- there was a f- phrase, uh, you know, the phrase beggars can't be choosers. And, uh, I, I, I used to work on the, on the, uh, parkway in Philadelphia with the homeless. And, uh, one of the things I learned from, uh, Cranford, who, uh, who was the gentleman running that organization, he started bringing two kinds of soups. Oh, that's nice. Because he said beggars can't be choosers is not true. <laughs> that's incredible they should be able to choose which Come soup on. they want and just restoring that little bit of that's dignity cool. to someone else is yeah. huge 
Huge. Yeah. So yeah, that's really right. nice. Well, we, we, we do need to wrap up. Um, for anyone who feels like they don't have um, someone to talk to, um, you know, there, there are people out there you know, who's, who are standing by that, that care and that are willing to listen without judging. Um, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. As far as I understand, uh, they don't have an agenda except to listen and help. Um, so if, even if um, you know, you're, you're not in danger of uh, committing suicide or harming yourself in some way tonight um, or tomorrow, but you desperately need to talk to somebody, call that number. Mm-hmm. But there may be some other resources. Um, I, 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 people can certainly reach out to me. Uh, my email address is Jamie, J-A-M-E, what, you know, forget my email address. Text me or call me, 615-336-1807. That's 615-336-1807. Uh, of course, you can message me on any of our socials. Uh, we're at Royal Ruckus or at Royal Ruckus Official uh, on the various ones. And I check all those several times a day. So that's me. Uh, do you guys can have I, any can socials? Throw, yeah. yeah. Can I, can I throw Anything you there? want. Uh, Anything. Doug Bennett. Um, yeah, just look under family. I, am I listed as your cousin? Oh, uh, I don't know. We'll have to double check. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. But find me, uh, Magdalene Hope. Uh, you can just search Magdalene Hope, uh, M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N-E. Yeah. Uh, H-O-P-E, Magdalene Hope on Facebook. Uh, send me a private message. I look yeah. at all of them. I'll get That's back great. to you. Uh, my phone number is 661-808-HOPE. Nice. 661-808-HOPE. It's 808-4673. spells hope. Uh, if you look at my phone number and glance at it without the area code, it looks like it says Bob Hope. So that's the easiest way <laughs> to get a hold of me, 808-HOPE, Bob it. Hope. <laughs> if you know my area code for Bakersfield, 661, then you'll always remember my phone number is Bob Hope. That's awesome. Uh, I have a mental health and crisis intervention treatment center. Oh, fantastic. Uh, 800 uh, phone number on our business cards on the back. So mental health, crisis intervention treatment center, it's 800 991 5272. Again, 800-991-5272, Mental Health Crisis Intervention. And if you're hurting and you need someone to talk to, I would encourage to reach out to one of us, them, or uh, the Suicide Hotline, of course. Absolutely. And hey, if you want to text me, you can text. You can call me. You can message me on Facebook. I'm MH Doug on Twitter and uh, and on uh, uh, Instagram. Very nice. So... Very and I'm nice. here for you. So if you need something, uh, you know, if you want to argue the Bible, uh, uh, <laughs> message Jamie on that. He's got a little more depth than I do, especially I about jazz. But... Oh my gosh, I'm blown away. That's something I'm going to go look at right now. Well, I do need to put Angie on the spot because uh, we have a closing tradition. Nice. And the closing tradition is: What is your favorite rap song of all time? Come on. Or just something that really made an impact. Oh my goodness, I gotta think about that really quick. <laughs> um, there's an app that I want to promote. Oh, uh, sorry. It's okay. It's called Calm Harm. Okay. Calm Harm is a new app. Um, well, it's a, it's an app that's been out a little bit. It's just kind of becoming popular. Okay. Um, but it's for managing self harm. 
So it's Fantastic. Uh, an, an app that you can find on, you know, on i on a the app store. App store. And what it does is it it is private, so you have a password, so people can't get into it. And it has little things, activities, breathing exercises. Um, oh wow! Um, that you can That's use awesome. if you're feeling the urge to um, self harm. Um, they have some parts that help you learn. There's a distract app. There's a comfort app. There's an express app that has like a journaling part. Um, and there's a lot of really good stuff in there. So I would encourage people um, who are interested yeah. to um, try the app or even share it with people. So if you know someone who um, who might benefit from having the app, it's called Calm Harm. Calm, Calm Harm. That it's sounds really great. And it's it's made by a company called STEM4. Okay. Gosh. Okay, so wrap. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh let me think. Uh, Oh, yeah, I really do, do love Your Mama by the Far Side. That's so wrong. Oh, that's, that's a good so one. so funny. So funny. Your Mama has a wooden leg with a chin strap. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I was about to finish the line. You were too quick for yeah. me, though. With the kickstand. Mama's got a wooden leg with the kickstand. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the other <laughs> one is probably, I'm trying to think, like, like way back, like, Rapper's Delight. Oh, yeah. You know, um, That's a standard in state. 14 and a half minutes or however long. There's one Ice Cube did. Oh, my gosh. He did. There was a, a, an album that came out years and years and years ago called Rap Declares War. Okay. There was a whole bunch of rappers that did covers of war songs. Really? It's so great. Oh my gosh, oh, it's so good. Track Cube has one. Ice Cube's on there, yeah. And um, and I always liked uh, Digital Underground. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love Digital Underground. So fantastic. They were so good. And I love, oh, Me, Myself, and I by De La Soul. Oh, that one's... I a, love yeah. Me, Myself, and I. That one is like an yeah. all-time, like, go... Go get Believe it or not, I watched that video last night. Did you? Really? I did on I YouTube. I was it. just googling random oh uh, De La Soul songs yes. from way back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When was there? Was I'd never seen that video before until last night. It was good. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there was some. I watched several though, but uh, they're great. Yeah, I gotta look up. That so, song. so which one should we play? Because I actually will close the episode out with whichever one you tell us to close mm. the episode on. Let's do. Facebook always hates it when I do oh, yeah, this. Sorry. They always uh, try to. They, they end up if I if I make a uh, Facebook post of it like within Facebook. Yeah. They'll always mute the song. So you hear like the first three seconds and then boom, it's muted. I hate oh, that. I know. I do too. Okay, hold on. Um, okay, it's by the Poor Righteous Teachers. Okay. And it's yeah. called Rock to Spunky Joint. All right. <laughs> Find that one. That's what we're going to do then. Poor Righteous Teachers rock this funky joint. Thank you for joining us on Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. Uh, Once again, I'm Jamie Bennett, also known as Chunjay from Royal Ruckus, and I'm here with... Doug Bennett. And Angie Bennett. Come on. Time to get funky and radical hip as I get to the point. Rock this funky joint. Wait a sec. The teacher's got to check the intellect, but some accepting didn't give you it. But, but give you what? The beaver or the chief, I often come to touch it up. But must not be just enough to manifest. The fabric mathematics might be that of Asiatic. Rock the grace, attract the static, then that's your rocket to my concept. Now I got to stand for this. For this, why civilized it? Hip hop, rhyme from a black mind. To kicking it to you all the time. Ice alarm. My way of life and be that of Islam. I took my time before I manifest the rhyme. Stop and accurate to stop the music on a dime. Knowledge me, acapella, wisdom, G. I'm manifesting, understanding, understood. So there's no need for I keep your guessing. Follow me now, see? See, I'll be rocking. 
The second hand is taking still the posse don't be clocking. Controllers of the clock be ticking closer to the point. Rock this funky joint. That you be seeking in the words that I be speaking Poor righteous teachers, posse teaching Anyone that likes this style that I be styling Mentally profiling Should I say I'm smooth with the roughness Just serving justice Suckers try to suck this But, but I be scoping Never I'm not sleeping Because it's culture freedom G Who's posse ruling? PRT Word B It's sort of simple, see? Now look at me The holy intellectual type When I write The spirit always keeps me something hype I've the mic, yo Cause it's my whole life Life like I'm creating Man, I'll be the state Can I say I'm great when There's not another brother greater Turn a culture freedom for support G-Man, I feel the point Rock this funky joint Keep joint Losers never rock this. Snakes try to stop this. Purified and holy hip hopness. Listen to the concept. Sweat tech technique. Peace be the Lord. I feel the sword when I speak. I salam your lakum. Walaikum asalam. A universal greeting from the people of our kind. Step into the realm of my cipher. Feel the different type of. Promise on my step and step and technique. 1200s master by the vine. He's asking me to rock. So now I'm giving him the spot. Because they didn't know the time. Turn the culture freedom for support. G-Man, I the point. 